Hello. It is time for a good old-fashioned buy low show, and I've got you covered, all right? In this episode, I'm going to bring you four buy low candidates that I think are ripe for positive regression for the rest of the season. Get your buns in here. Let's get the biz. You're listening to Fantasy NHL Today. Uh, but, uh, you know, it works and it kind of gets me in the zone. So, you know what? Forget that. I'm going to keep doing it. All right. Deal with it. Um, yeah. Hey, how you doing? Thank you so much for joining me. This is Fantasy NHL Today. I am your host, Blake Creamer. Please follow me on Twitter. All right. Please. Come on. It's at Blake Creamer SE. All right. And this is a sports ethos presentation. Thank you, Sports Ethos. Go check out sportsethos.com. Right now, sportsethos.com is mostly a fantasy basketball website, but I am doing some hockey content for them. They have some other sports too. They're they're expanding a little bit. So we've got, uh, you know, they've got baseball, football, disc golf. Yeah, it's pretty dang awesome. All right, so get your buns over there um, and check it out. All right, sportsethos.com. Lots of good stuff there, so go check it out. Anyways, let's talk about what we're here to do. This is going to be a buy low show, all right? I've been wanting to do this for a little while. Um, yeah, there, there's some really interesting candidates here I want to bring to your attention. But before we do that, you know, we got to talk about some NHL news. My tiny little nipples went to France. Okay, well, let's get into it. First off, um, just some interesting stuff happening around the league. Evander Kane is close to returning. Uh, this is awesome news for the Oilers. They can absolutely use this man uh, and, and what he brings to the table. So it sounds like um, they're potentially looking at tomorrow. Uh, I'm recording this on a Monday, so potentially Tuesday he might be back in the lineup. So definitely check. Um, you got him stashed on your IR or uh, IR plus or whatever. Um, you might want to look at who you're going to drop to bring this guy back in because he's going to be majorly fantasy relevant immediately all right so you want to get Evander Kane back in your lineup if he is tomorrow so you got to kind of keep an eye on that all right I will uh, be tweeting out as soon as I find out so you know that's a good reason to follow me on Twitter again I'm just going to try and give you some of these updates to help you with your rosters all right but Evander Kane you know what what can we expect from Evander Kane moving forward in the season when he does come back and I honestly think like this team the Oilers is such a good fit for him Um, Because he doesn't have to be, obviously, the offensive juggernaut. And not like he was an offensive juggernaut um, with San Jose or any of his other teams. But, you know, he was relied on pretty heavily to, you know, provide some offense there. And they just have so many weapons on the Oilers, as we all know. So he can kind of just toil away. I think they've, you know, potentially he's skating there. So they potentially got him on the third line, I believe. Uh, This is just according to DailyFaceOff.com. But they got him on the third line with Ryan McLeod and Warren Fogle. Lower expectations. 
those two legends, those two beauties, uh, you know what? They're, I'm sure they're probably going to give uh, Evander Kane a little ramp-up period. He's, he probably fits better on the second line, but they've got, you know, Clem Costin is up there right now uh, doing pretty well with RNH. Uh, Nugent Hopkins and uh, Matthias Janmark's up there too. So, I, I would I would think that Evander Kane is eventually going to get in the top six, but right now they got him sort of penciled in in the uh, third line. So it honestly doesn't matter though because what you're going to get from Evander Kane is elite shots, elite hits for a forward. She makes, she makes, oh baby, when she moves, she moves. You know, and uh, it, it's. And he's going to bring some goals too, and and he does a lot of this at even strength. He's not a big power play guy. He'll they've got him uh, penciled in here on second power play. He was second power play before he got injured, so um, that that's fine. You know that this is not what Evander Kane does. He he comes to play. He he's going to get decent deployment. It's the shots. He 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 gives you cross category coverage. So shots, hits. Um, you know, and just being a dingus out on the ice. That's that's what he brings to the table. But um, I, for one, am happy this man is going to be back in the lineup, hopefully soon, uh, because as much as I, Edmonton is not my favorite team, uh, for sure, but I do love good hockey. And, and obviously, when you got two of the best players in the league, you, you get these guys to to the to the you know Stanley Cup playoffs. We we have to see Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl play in the Stanley Cup final. This has to happen. So you know. I, I don't like the Oilers, but come on, Let, let's get 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 these guys a chance, right? And Evander Kane coming back is gonna is gonna really help that team. So, yeah, awesome news. Check, um, to, you know, think ahead, see who you might drop if you do have them stashed. All right. Next up, uh, Valerie Nichushkin uh, played tonight on uh, Monday's game, so that was awesome. Um, I did. I wasn't sure if he was gonna play tonight, but he ended up playing, so that's great. So I think it's really important we sort of look at. Um, you know, what happened with the deployment for, for the rest of their team? Because their, their top six gets a ton of minutes. Jared Bednar, head coach there, loves just, you know, riding his players into the ground, the, the top six there. So, I mean, we're talking um, players that might be affected with Nechuskin coming back. Um, Arturi Lekkonen, Evan Rodriguez, um, Alex Newhook, JT Comfort. Those are the guys that are kind of be, you know, they're going to be the moving parts there. So um, it was a good game for Nechuskin. Um, let's take a look here. So Nechuskin, he played uh, just under 19 minutes in his first game back. Awesome. Uh, he got an assist, four shots on goal, hitting a block. He's hit the ground running. I love to see that. So um, I think they're just going to ramp him up. I I would think that they're going to get him. He he might get looks on the top line. I don't know. Right now they've got him on the second line there with JT Comfort and Miko Rantanen. So they've got an interesting top six right now. But it, it's worth monitoring moving forward because I think guys like Evan Rodriguez, uh, Lekkonen, the, the, they're going to be affected. Lekkonen is currently on the top line with Nathan McKinnon, but... You know, who knows? And then Evan Rodriguez is taking the place of Miko Rantanen on that line. So those are guys that could potentially be affected moving forward. So just just something to see. Um, Lekkonen t- in this game here still got over, you know, 20 minutes of deployment. So he, he's he's full go at this point. He's still power play one, line one. Nechuskin uh, was, as I said, line two. He's on power play two as well. So just something to keep an eye on, but you got to activate this guy immediately. He's going to, he was playing uh, beautiful before he got injured again. So uh, get him back in your lineups. All right. 
Next up, uh, Chris Letang. Um, you know, he's been off with an injury and then the passing of his father. So um, we just got a report. Letang is going to meet with the Penguins in a day or two. It didn't say he's going to, you know, play with the team. He's going to meet with the Penguins in a day or two. So um, that wording is a bit interesting to me. So I, I would be surprised if he plays this week, but, you know, keep an eye on it. Um, that is going to affect directly Ty Smith, who is quarterbacking that power play in Pittsburgh now. So Ty Smith is going to be a drop if Letang is good to go. So just something to keep an eye on there. Um, Piotr Kochetkov, that legend out of Carolina, he's been sent down to the AHL. Jeez, what have you done for me lately? Merry Christmas! Generous ball! That's uh, that's a little bit rough, considering that Kachetkov has been playing amazing, um, you know, in Carolina with the injury to Freddie Anderson. Um, but it, this is just a business decision, I think. He was the only goalie that was waiver exempt, so um, you know they they could send him down freely. Obviously, they've got Anderson and Ranta locked up to contract. So we'll see what happens there. I don't know. The trade deadline is going to be interesting. So um, that said, too, now, trade deadline. I. I'm excited for that coming up. We're going to do some fun stuff here on Fantasy NHL today, just getting prepared for that trade deadline. Going to be some big shows, so keep your ears on this channel, all right? Please. Come on, I'm just going to keep saying please until you do it, all right? I'll, uh, I'll beg you into submission. Um, yeah, so Kachetkov got sent down. I wouldn't be surprised to see him back up. I also wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Anderson or Ranta moved at the deadline so they could bring this guy up and, and start to develop him because they did sign him to that contract. Pretty nice. Speaking of new contracts, how about Matt Boldy? The bold one. Um, he signed a great deal for him. Seven years, $49 million, so $7 million per. Um, that, that is excellent. Uh, it, it's, it's a good signing for the Minnesota Wild. Um, Boldy is currently, you know, he's, he's currently in the midst of a slump. He's, he's got zero points in his last five games. Um, you know, it, it's up and down. Like he, the kid's only 21 years old. It's just crazy to me. Um, you know, hey, <laughs> think about when you were 21. Here's $49 million. You know, what, how do you... <laughs> How do you handle that? I, I don't know. But, uh, you know, good for this kid. Um, good signing for the Minnesota Wild. They've obviously done their homework. I think um, I was speaking with uh, Nate uh, Groot Niblick from Apples and Genos on uh, our podcast on Sunday nights uh, over at Apples, Apples and Genos. And um, he really thinks that Matt Boldy is going to be a, a player to watch in the next couple seasons. He's going to, you know, um, and he thinks that this contract is going to look really good in a couple years. And I tend to agree with him. I think Boldy this year, you know, he's he's been off at times. I mean, last season, 39, uh, 39 points in 47 games. He's got 29 points in 42 games this season. So he's, he's off his pace last year, but he's going to be a good one. Uh, I wouldn't worry about Matt Boldy. He's a young guy. This is a great signing. It's a lot of money for, for what he's done, you know, so far to this point in his career. But they're, they, they feel good about their guy, and they locked him up. He secured the bag. Way to go, Matty B. I love it. That's awesome news. So um, one thing I do want to say about Matt Boldy, he's 
I looked at his even strength uh, numbers for the full season just to look at some of his rate stats, some of his advanced statistics. Um, 73rd in the league in shots on goal per 60. That That's okay. He is, however, 25th in the league in individual Corsi 4 per 60. So uh, him and his, uh, he's, he's putting lots of shots towards the net. So that's nice to see. Uh, 77th in the league in individual scoring uh, chances 4 per 60. And that's all on the second line with uh, Fred Goudreau and Ryan Hartman. Um, you know, and but he is playing power play one with the big boys. So, uh, Boldy rest of season, I'm not even sure. So he's got 29 points. I think, I think 55 to 60 points for Boldy, it would be a successful season this year. I think 50 is his floor. 60 is probably his ceiling. That that's my thought. But that's just for this season. You know, he could still get hot and and whatever. Right? He's he's got access to really good players, especially on the power play. Um, and he already has 15 points on the power play this season. So uh, over half of his points, uh, he's doing damage on the power play. So if he if they mix up those lines and he gets access to, you know, some of the better players on this team, then now we're talking, right? I mean, last season he had Kevin Fiala to play with. This season, you know, Goudreau and Hartman, it's it's a bit of a downgrade. So that said, seven years, seven million per, it's a, it's a nice contract for Boldy. And I think they're going to like that moving forward. I guarantee it. All right. Next up, Mark Stone is out week to week. Uh, that plays, yeah. Oh, hi, Mark. Um, it's just a matter of time with this guy. He, he just cannot stay healthy. He's made a glass. You know, it's a, it's a guy I stayed away from in draft season, and he's got all the tools. He's, he's obviously a great player. He's a good leader, you know, but uh, he, he can't stay healthy. It's, it's been a problem for his career. So, um, you know... It, <laughs> Vegas is in good shape right now, so maybe they can absorb some of that uh, damage there. But yeah, it's it's tough for for Mark Stone owners. He fell in drafts in the in the teams that I was drafting, and this is why, right? He's he's he gets injured every season. Um, last couple of things here, I wanted to talk about uh, the Canucks press conference that um, Jim Rutherford came out with today. He had a you know a half hour press conference where he basically. He just, it, I, I liked the press conference. I know, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm in Vancouver, everyone, by the way. So, you know, I'll talk a little bit about the Canucks, I know. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it was just an interesting press conference. He, he basically took responsibility for what's been going on with the Canucks. And there's been a lot of weird reports and just, I don't know, kind of bad vibes coming out of Vancouver. So, um I like that he sort of stepped up and, and took the hit here, but he didn't really say anything of value in that half hour. So he basically said that the, the Canucks are, are, you know, they need major surgery. So he's talking about moving a lot of good pieces. He said, you know, core players are basically not safe. So, you know, you're looking at probably, you know, Miller maybe. I don't know. I I, I would, that would be interesting to me if they traded Miller, right? Because his no trade kicks in, I think, uh, at the end of this season. So they still could move Miller. I, I don't know that they want to do that, but um, it sounds to me like Bo Horvat is definitely going to be traded. <laughs> Bo, you don't know Diddley. Um, you know, they, they, he, Jim Rutherford said that they've made their best offer and that's kind of as far as they can go. And Horvat, you know, he's having a, a career season here in his contract year as usual. So yeah, he, he wants to get paid for that and it makes sense. But, um, you know, Rutherford acknowledged that. So that's going to be rough. Yeah. Yeah. The captain of the team's going to be jettisoned out of here. Um, I think Brock Besser's probably gone. Vile weed. Ah, I don't even know. I, I think... <laughs> 
The Canucks are a dumpster fire. There's no question there. But, you know, if you have some time, check out the press conference if you're a Canucks fan. It, it's it's interesting stuff. But, you know, he also mentioned that uh, Canucks fans, Canucks faithful, and the media here, we've been calling for a rebuild for a lot of years. And the Canucks brass have basically been saying they don't want to rebuild. They want to retool. So, um, yeah, and that's kind of the same message that Jim Rutherford gave here. So I know that's going to tick a lot of people off uh, Canucks fans and Canucks media but yeah it's it is what it is I don't know check out that Canucks press conference it, it didn't sound good um, he even kind of uh, confirmed that um, or he made a joke someone said well, you know they talked about tanking and he said you know are, we're, we aren't tanking you know and he said that sarcastically <laughs> like to get uh, Connor Bedard so I don't know. Things in Canucks land, not good. That's why I play fantasy hockey, so I can cheer for other teams. Okay? Yeah. And then in other Canucks news, uh, uh, sad news, actually, um, Gino Ojic passed away. He is um, a legendary Canucks enforcer, uh, played with them in the 90s. Um, Yeah, that was my first intro to hockey, basically early 90s. And um, Gino Ojic, to me, was someone that really stood out. Funny story, I I remember I was at a game one time, and Gino Ojic was on the bench just doing nothing. I think the Canucks were, I I think they were leading in the game. It was something like 3-1 or 3-2. They're actually leading. And some guy on the other team, just being a bit of a dingus, hit a guy. And the crowd starts chanting, Gino, Gino. And uh, that was pretty standard stuff for Gino Ojic. And I swear to God, he, he it's like it's like a light uh, switch flipped while he was on the bench. And he just, uh, in his next shift, he shot off the bench and just went straight after this guy and just started beating the hell out of him. Um, you know, and I, uh, I don't condone violence in any form. All right. Uh, disclaimer, allegedly. All right. But Ojik was just doming this guy, and the crowd was going nuts. And he was just uh, one thing I remember uh, about Gino Ojik is what a good teammate he was, and how he stuck up for his his teammates. And yeah, it's just very sad. He's, he was a young guy; he was only in his fifties. So uh, rest in peace, Gino Ojik. All the best to his family and friends. Yeah, sad news. But that's all we got. Um, so let's move on here. We are going to talk about buy lows. Um, this is something I love. Um, buy lows are <laughs> players that I look for all year round. I have a bit of a problem when it comes to buy lows. I basically just look for all the buy lows I can and scoop them up in any any fashion that I can and hope that they pay off. But it, it's 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 a gamble for sure. But but let's talk about it a little bit. So what are buy lows and and sell highs to some degree? And and what do we do with this information? So for me, buy lows are players that. Um, are not performing to the level in which you drafted them at. So during draft season, you basically decide what you think a player is or you project what you think a player is going to do during that season, right? And, you know, you can you can cut the season up into segments, but um, basically buy lows are when that player you drafted is not performing to the level that you think he should be at, okay? And so... Um, you buy low on him. So what I do is I actually look for players that are on cold streaks and then I go into the advanced statistics and see what's going on. Is this player, you know, what's their what's their uh, individual coursey for? Are they putting shots on net? How many scoring chances are they getting per game, right? You know, what are some of the situational stuff that's surrounding the team? How has the team been doing, right? Were they just on a long road trip, 
right? Is he coming off injury? There's, there's so many different things that can affect why a player is not playing well, right? So, and, and we do our best to try and figure those things out. And that's why you're listening to this podcast. That's why I listen to podcasts because um, the information is out there, right? So I just wanted to bring a few of these players to your attention. And when I say buy low, it doesn't mean you just go out and get them at all costs. You have to get them at value, right? And one of the issues with buy lows when you're trying to acquire them in trades is um, people... They're, they're kind of handcuffed to them sometimes. Like, I'm sure you can all relate when you draft a player and you drafted him in a high round, you know, second, third, fourth round or whatever, and he's not performing to the level that you want. It, it feels like hell to get rid of a player like that. You know what I mean? Because you think once you get rid of him, he's going to pop off and start doing what you drafted for, right? But at some point, you have to cut your losses, right? So... Um, you know, what I'm basically telling you with these four players is go kick some tires of the other fantasy GMs and see if, if the uh, fantasy managers that own these players are getting pissed off, right? Are they getting fed up with, with these players production? And if so, can you work with them to, to get a trade? Can you, can you acquire some of these players, right? Because I think, um, in my opinion, these four players are going to be, um, they're going to be stellar, rest of season value. Um, yeah, they're, they're all slumping for sure, but I believe that they're going to be um, kind of at the end of the year, they're going to be, you know, where you drafted them or maybe even higher, right? So, so let's get into that. Hopefully that explains what I think a buy low is. I, I'll just quickly talk about sell highs too. I'm going to do a sell high show tomorrow. Um, but yeah, for sell highs again, just because a player is a sell high doesn't mean that you get rid of them immediately. Right. Um, sometimes, uh, like, so at, whereas buy lows are play, players that are underperforming sell highs are players that are overperforming. They're, they're overachieving. They're doing something that is potentially unsustainable. Right. And so we have to, we have to sort of extrapolate where, why is it unsustainable? And what are, again, what is the situation surrounding that player? Why is he getting so many points, right? Is he playing weak teams? Um, you know, is his shooting percentage unsustainable? Like there, there are, there are many reasons why a player can be a sell high and we'll talk about that tomorrow. But the, the best case scenario is to trade a, a sell high for a buy low. And then just watch the magic work as the, you know, the law of averages brings these players back to where they need to be, right? There's, there's a settling that happens uh, in the season at some point. And it's probably already happened. You know, we're over halfway through. But uh, I am going to quote uh, Dan Bespris. He's the host of Fantasy NBA today over at Sports Ethos. And he calls it uh, in the NBA season, he calls it the great settling. And uh, I absolutely agree with that. Um, and I think... Players have settled now, right? So, um, or they're in the process of still settling. We're halfway through. So players, you're, you're going to start to see what players look like for the rest of the season. Anyways, that's a, that's a whole lot of talking about uh, buy lows and sell highs. Let's get to biz. Let's get into these four players, all right? The first player I want to bring to your attention is none other than uh, Toronto Maple Leafs forward William Nylander. Yes, it is Ned Nylander. He is, uh, well, let's look at Nylander. I've got his information here. Yeah. So uh, on the season, Nylander's got 47 points in 44 games. Very nice. Um, you know, he, he's, he's actually on an 88-point pace. 
um, for a full season. So that's great. But in the last six games, he only has two points. So this, these type of things can really piss a, a fantasy manager off. When you've got a player this caliber, probably drafted in the third, maybe fourth round, maybe second. I, I don't know. I don't know where you got William, William Nylander. But when he's got two points in six games um, and the team's been winning, that is a recipe for frustration for that fantasy manager. So these are the type of players that I like to look at and say like, hey, would, would this, is there a potential for me acquiring this player? So let's take a look. In the last five games, um, at even strength, so we always do yeah even strength just because the power play, there's so many chances and it can really skew the numbers, right? Because it's an obvious advantage. So um, I find it more beneficial to look at five-on-five five play or even strength play um, to get an, an indication of what the player is actually doing, all right? So in the last five games, William Nylander is 44th in the league in shots on goal per 60, um, so that's excellent. He's 52nd in the league in individual Corsi 4 per 60, and he's 92nd uh, in individual scoring chances 4 per 60. So to me, that's pretty low. That's not in line with where he is um, just for the season overall. So let, it's, it, what, what do we think is going on there? Um, the first thing that I thought of, I mean, it's only been two games, but Austin Matthews has been injured for two of those, those games, uh, his last two games where he's had no points. Um, so in terms of the scoring chances for, I think a team with Austin Matthews, um, he's, he's going to be generating so many scoring chances himself that William Nylander will get those chances as well. So it makes sense a little bit to me why the scoring chances are down. Um, but also, um, take a look at the power play. So William Nylander, he, he has been pretty good on the power play so far. 16 power play points in 44 games. He had 30, uh, 31 power play points last year, so he might be just a little under that um, this year. The Leafs power play is good, all right? They are cooking right now, but it's, it's, it's not um, Nylander that's kind of getting to biz there. E- even Austin Matthews, he's doing well, but the two leaders on the team are John Tavares and uh, Mitch Marner. They're the ones getting the work there. Um, so I don't know if it's sort of, you know, how they're, how they're sort of running it, how they're, you know, moving the puck around, but Nylander hasn't been, you know, racking up those points to the level that he has, uh, previously. So that's what makes me think, I mean, this, this power play, um, the Leafs in general, they're, they're, they're doing very well, right? And Austin Matthews is a, is a, (laughs) he's a mega buy low, I think, and he's having a great season, but he's not having the season that, everyone expected he might have a 60 goal season or a 70 goal season, right? So I still believe that in the second half of the season, Austin Matthews is going to become more of that player. And I think, you know, William Nylander, who's on his line, is going to benefit from that big time. So that's why I think William Nylander is is a bit of a buy low. It is shit, Austin. Oh, good. Then it's not just me. So see, see what you can do. Um, you know, William Nylander... Um, before this little cold streak, he was on a hot streak. He was killing it. Um, I actually made a trade in one of my leagues, um, William Nylander and Dougie Hamilton for Kale McCarr and Tim Stutzla. Um, and this is a points league, so you know, getting McCarr here, it yeah, I wasn't getting any of the perifs or anything like that. So um, I, I feel like I won the trade, but at that time, William Nylander was the highest ranked player in in Yahoo that that was being traded. So it felt a little bit, you know stinky but uh it's 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 worked out obviously because he's gone on a cold streak since that trade 
Um, but even before that, he was killing it, right? So he's going to get back there. His deployment is solid. He doesn't hit. He doesn't block, so you're not getting anything there. But his shots are up, too. Um, last season, he had 80 points in 81 games. He shot at a 3.2 shots per game. He's up at 3.5. Um, this season, his power play time on ice is up. His time on ice is up by 30 seconds. Nylander's going to be fine. He's already doing well, but what I'm saying is go kick tires and see if somebody's pissed about the lack of production of William Nylander. All right? Yeah. Next up, let's talk about um, Andrei Svechnikov of the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah. I must break you. Um. <laughs> he's on a cold streak himself. One point in the last four games. That show ain't no good. Um, you know, and he, he has one goal only in, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, nine. One goal in his last nine games. You know, so that's that's not what you are expecting from Andrei Svechnikov. You know, um, the thing with Svechnikov, he's only 22. That's crazy. I feel like he's been in the league for such a long time. Um, but yeah, he's a little off his pace um, what he was doing last year. So last year in 78 games, he had 69 points. Giggity. Nice. Um, you know, very nice season for him. And I think there was a lot of people expecting a positive regression for him to maybe even kind of break the 80 point barrier, maybe even go up to 90. I mean, this guy's got all the skill in the world, right? But he's still a young guy. He's only 22. Um, but that said, yeah, one point in his last four games, it hasn't been going well um, for him. But but check out some of these statistics. Um, he leads his team in shots with 20 over the last five games. So that's awesome. You know, he's getting good deployment. Um, he bangs. He bangs like a, you know, I don't know, some someone that bangs, a banger. Let's just, uh, yeah, it's late. All right, my creativity's uh, out the window. But yeah, this guy bangs big time. Um and he shoots as well. So he's giving you cross-category coverage. But yeah, as far as the bangs, he's got 91 hits in, in 44 games. That's excellent. He had 189 last season. So you're getting cross-category coverage here with Svechnikov. So it's not a total loss if he's not scoring. But let's dive in. So over the last five games, again, at even strength, he's 42nd in the league in shots on goal per 60. He's 30th in the league in individual Corsi 4 per 60. And he's 66th in individual scoring chances 4 per 60. So... um. You know, everything is in line. He's doing all the right things. It's just, you know, he's not converting, right? So let's look at Carolina uh, just in general. Carolina is currently 17th in the league right now uh, in goals for per 60, despite being first overall in the league in Corsi for per 60. That's a big distinction, right? They're first in the league in shots on net and putting shots towards the net. But they're only 17th in the league in actual goals for per 60. So what that says to me is they're just not converting at a high rate, but they're getting, they're getting the shots, right? They're putting a lot of shots on net. So what that says to me is a lot, the law of averages, again, that is going to regress positively up to the kind of the middle, right? That's going to come up. Uh, I would be very surprised um, if Carolina at the end of the, at the end of the season is 17, the league in goals for per 60. To be smooth, Jimmy's luck of the week. So the good thing uh, about Carolina is, yeah, they're th- they're three. They've had three wins, zero losses, and two OTLs in their last five. So, um, you know, it hasn't been hasn't been terrible, right? Sveshnikov can have this cold streak, and it's not really a big deal because you know they're getting points in their last five games. 
Um, another issue with Sveshnikov is just Carolina in general. They've got a strange power play deployment. Um, they, they've sort of, they don't really have a top power play. They have uh, kind of a 1A, 1B situation. And yeah, Rod Brindamore kind of just, he, he's made it known that, it, you know, if you're, if you're playing well, you're going to get time, right? Or he has no problem moving uh, players up and down the lineup. So, I mean, right now, according to dailyfaceoff.com, Sveshnikov is on the first power play unit. He's playing with Brent Burns, Martin Natchez, Paul Stassi, and Stefan Nosen, right? But, you know, the second power play is with Tara Vinen. I want Iguodala. Jarvis and Sebastian Ajo. So th- that's that's a really, that's kind of a bizarre power play setup it, it really is a 1a 1b it doesn't seem like there's there's a true power play so uh number one power play so hopefully moving forward i, I think for sveshnikov to to do even better i think he needs that uh he, they need to load up that power play right last season he had 22 power play points um this season he's cooking along he's doing okay he's at 12 uh in 44 games so he could match that um he is getting a lot more power play time um, three minutes and 26 seconds as opposed to two minutes and 52 seconds last season. His deployment is up 18 uh, minutes and 20 seconds as opposed to 17 minutes and 16 seconds last season. So everything is trending in the right direction. He's just not converting, right? So that says to me, he will eventually convert. And look at Carolina's Corsi 4 per 60. All those shots uh, on the net and towards the net, they're going to start going in, right? And that's what I like about Andrei Svechnikov. Go and see if you can pry this man away from his fantasy manager because one goal in nine games, that's your selling feature right there. Like, hey, didn't you draft this guy to, to score some goals? Like, what, what the hell's going on here, right? But they might forget that, yeah, he's, he's still on a reasonable pace and, you know, he still has 19 goals and he's uber talented. So, Sveshnikov, that's my two cents. Get on it, all right? Next up, I want to talk about Alex DeBrinkett of the Ottawa Senators. All right, this man, um, yeah, Ottawa, been brutal. There's no no question there. Um, yeah, they, they've, they've just been free-falling, Ottawa. And it's it's hard to watch, actually, because I, I do really like the Senators. I, I was so excited for them um, to start this season. But, yeah, things things just gone bad to worse. They've lost four of their last five. They, got, uh, they lost tonight. Um, to the St. Louis Blues, who are, you know, <laughs> not much better than they are, right? The Blues are, are stinky as well this year. So um, they lost 2-1 to the Blues tonight. So losers of four of their last five. Um, but it looks like the same issue as uh, Carolina is having, uh, the Ottawa Senators I'm talking about. Um, but this is magnified because they're losing games, right? Whereas the Senators are st- or the um, Carolina Hurricanes are still getting points. Um, you know, Ottawa... They, like I said, they've lost four or five. Let's take a look at what DeBrinket's been doing in his last five games. Again, this is uh, even strength, the last five games. He's 130th in shots on goal per 60, so that's not awesome, right? Um, but if you look at the individual course he fought per 60, he's 25th in the league, right? And then he's 18th in the league in individual scoring chances for him. That's wild, right? And as I mentioned... Um, it's a very similar issue to what the Hurricanes have. Ottawa is fifth in the league in Corsi 4 per 60, but they're 25th in the league in goals 4 per 60. These guys cannot convert. Um, it's rough because, yeah, they got so many offensive players, but um, one thing I think about, I mean, just my own experience playing hockey and watching hockey, when you bring in that that much change, when you have, um, you know, you're, you're bringing in a lot of talented players like Dabrinkit, Giroux, 
Um, and then you also have a young, talented core uh, with Brady Kachuk, Josh Norris, Drake Batherson, right? It, it takes a while to gel, and it can take up to half a season or even longer, right? Two-thirds of a season. So, you know, time's running out for the Senators to do something to make a push. I think they're, you know, they're, they're, they're not in good shape right now to even make the playoffs, but, you know, they'd have to go on a heater to get in there. But I think they can do it, especially with the talent they have, right? The, the goaltending uh, has been a bit of a debacle in Ottawa for sure. But there are some some uh, reasons where I think positive regression might happen. Looking at Ottawa, they have um, in their first overall in average power play time in the league, right? So that, that again goes to like all the Corsi 4 per 60 they're getting, right? They're fifth in the league. They have the most average power play time in the league. They're just not converting at the rate that they need to convert at. There's some other good things happening, right? Josh Norris, uh, who is out, uh, you know, for lo- long term with a shoulder injury. Joshua, uh, uh, Joshua. Um, he's their number two center. He's coming back soon, potentially. I mean, it could be uh, next week, could be the week after that, and he's likely going to center to Brink's line, um, and that to me is a definite upgrade over Shane Pinto Bean. All right. Um, shout out to Shane Pinto. Um, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's actually had a pretty good season, um, you know, coming in and doing what he needs to do, but yeah, Josh Norris is fantasy relevant, whereas Pinto's kind of a streamer level. I think Norris is, you know, that's a guy you, you should own. So I, I think, yeah, if Norris centers to break his line, that's an upgrade for him. I just think, you know, with all the scoring chances that Debrinkin is getting, they're going to start going in. It's the same exact thing as Carolina. So it's just something to watch. And Debrinkit has, um, last season, he had a great season with Chicago, no question. 78 points in 82 games with 41 goals. I think that's what got everyone so excited about him in Ottawa this year. And it hasn't really happened, um, you know, to this point. He's doing well, for sure, especially on the power play. So in 43 games played so far, he's, he's cooking along at 19 points. So he could match uh, his, his output last season. He had 28 power play points in 82 games last year with the Hawks. Um, but some of the big differences are, first off, his ice time in Chicago was huge last season. He was just under 21 minutes. This season with Ottawa, he's getting second line minutes-ish. Uh, so he's only playing 19 and a half minutes uh, average time on ice. So, I mean, that doesn't seem like a lot, but it is. A minute and 20 um, just it gives him more opportunity to get counting stats. You know, um, that said, he's playing more time on the power play. He's shooting more, um, but his shooting percentage is down. So last season, he shot 15.2%. This season, he's shooting 9.3%. So again, his career average is 14.7. And he's only shooting 9.3 this year. So even if that goes up just a few percentage points, we're looking at, a nice positive regression here for Alex Dabrinkit. And, you know, like I said, he, he's got two points in his last seven games. He's going to be better. The Senators are going to start scoring again. This week has been rough, but last week was great for the Senators. They were, they were pumping teams, at least offensively, right? Uh, they weren't exactly getting wins, but they were they offensively doing very well. And now all of a sudden it's a drought in, in Ottawa. So I do believe that Debrinket is a great player to try and target in a trade because I think he's going he's gonna to fly in the last uh, section of the season here. So my two cents, go pick him up. Okay, and then the last player I want to talk about 
is not really a buy low um, because he's playing well. So I, I do have to kind of give you a little disclaimer there. It's Nikolai Ehlers for the Winnipeg Jets. Nikolaj. Hmm? Nikolaj, yeah, I said it. Nikolaj. Nikolaj. Not even close. Nikolaj. Nikolaj. Almost Nikolaj. Nikolaj. I feel like I'm saying it. You know what? It doesn't matter. The only reason I'm mentioning him on this show is that I think he could do even better than what he's currently doing. And this is based off of, uh, you know, the eye test. I've been watching um, some of Ehlers' games, but also the advanced numbers that he has. His rate stats are very encouraging, and his deployment could increase as well. So right now, Ehlers has never been um, uh, a guy that's getting deployed to, to the level that we kind of want to see, right? Um, yeah, for instance, last season uh, was his highest deployment that he's ever had. It was 18.04 average time on ice. This season in eight games, he's only averaging 16 minutes and 54 seconds. So you'd like to see that go up, right? Two minutes, three minutes. What could Ehlers do in that um kind of deployment, right? Because look what he's done so far. We'll just uh, dive in a little bit here. So in eight games, he's got three goals, nine assists. Nine times. Nine times. Nine times. So, um, and in the last five, he's got nine points in his last five games. It is a small sample size, but, uh, you know, when I go to naturalstattrick.com and uh, I, put, I, you know, put in, again, five five on five statistics right just to see where his advanced rate stats are he's first in the league in individual Corsi four per 60 first he's 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 putting a ton of pressure on net he's putting shots he's putting pucks towards the net that's amazing first in the league that's excellent and eight games is not nothing right so he, he's obviously the jets are flying right now and their offense is killing but yeah, first in the league, that, that's, that makes you sit up and take notice, right? He's 39th in the league in shots on goal per 60, and he's 11th in the league in individual scoring chances for per 60. So those numbers say to me, like, he, he could pop off even more than he's doing right now. The fact that he was able to kind of hit the ground running the way he is, put together this little streak that he's on, I, I, think, there's, I, I think he could potentially move to elite status. Um, just, just from what I've seen so far. I mean, this, that's a hot take. Don't, don't get me wrong. This is eight games in. But I'm all in on Nikolai Ehlers. Just the Jets, I, I'm done doubting the Jets this season. They look great. Their team is put together really well. Their top six is insane. Um, Ehlers is currently playing with uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois and Kyle Connor, uh, two guys that are having amazing seasons in their own right. So I honestly think that uh, the Jets are incendiary right now, winners of eight of their last nine games, and uh, Ehlers is a big part of that. They're, they're, they're having fun there in Winnipeg, and you can tell when you watch the game. So um, you're not going to get Ehlers cheap, that's for sure. But, you know, because someone's been stashing him for the season, um, it, it's going to be a hard buy-low trade to, to pull off or just a hard trade to pull off in general. Um, but, but take a look, um, you know, again, kick tires. I do believe that Ehlers is going to be on fire, you know, for the remaining of the season, if he stays healthy and if he gets any more deployment, um, we could be in for, for a real treat. You know, that this guy, um, obviously he's, uh, he's, he's had problems staying healthy for a season. So that's always kind of an issue with Ehlers, but who cares? Um, this guy's in the wheelhouse. He's 26. He's in the prime of his career. 
and he's looking good. Um, and there's a couple things too. Like, like I said, the deployment is big. If he can get more um, deployment, that would be really key. He's not shooting as much as he did last year. Um, and last year was his best um, points, uh, or no, sorry, it was his second best points per game rate that he's ever had. So he had 55 points in 62 games last season. He's on pace right now, and it's only eight games, but he's on pace for 123 points. What the hell? Um, so I'd like to see those shots come up for Ehlers. Um, he's not going to give you any perifs, so don't worry about that. But uh, if he's if he's upping his shots and his time on ice goes up, watch out. This guy could be flying for the second half of the season. Okay. And that's all I have to say about that. All right. That is, th- those are our buy lows that I wanted to talk about. Um, again, just the main thing with buy lows is just go inquire. Um, these are players I think you should target. And if you can pull off a trade for one of these, let me know. Okay. Uh, let me know on Twitter. Uh, just message me. I'd love to hear about your trades. I do want to do a trade show um, in the next week or two. Just talk about valuing players and, and how to best get your trades to go through, right? And also, you know, what the best settings are for for leagues in terms of, you know, uh, commissioners and how trades go through. So we will do a trade show moving forward. But anyways, go out and have a look at these players. See what you can do. That's all I got. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this. Um, I hope you guys have a great Monday slash Tuesday. And I will be back tomorrow talking about sell highs. All right. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Celebrate your day. Bye for now. A rational explanation is hardly necessary.